The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. Hello and welcome to the Murder in Mind podcast brought to you by SJP World Media. This uh, series, we're looking back at the BBC anthology series from 2001 uh, called Murder in Mind. I'm one half of your host and Joe Morty and I'm joined as always by old suspicious Cy, Mr. Cy Powell. How are we doing? <laughs> suspicious Cy. Do you mean because I'm suspicious when people look at me? I, it looks like I'm up to no good? Or <laughs> No, I just, in the last episode we did, um, yeah. you were very suspicious, weren't you? I was. I was. I don't know what was up with me that day. <laughs> I, I reckon this, this podcast is already having an effect on you. That's what I think it is. Yeah. He's constantly walking around, like, looking at people and making notes and thinking, oh, he's up to something shady. He, he's wearing a different rucksack to the one he was wearing I was, was, was going to say, like, in Sports Direct with the kids and somebody's buying a new bag. It's like, oh, right old one's in the brook, is it? <laughs> How you been, buddy? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Yourself? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm looking forward to talking more about this series. Um, last week, as I mentioned, we talked about an episode, Mercy, which was very different to the first three episodes. Yeah. Um, we both really enjoyed it, didn't we, Sai? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, really enjoyed it. It was excellent. Uh, again, it, and again, it becomes apparent with, with what we're going to talk about today as well. The, the open-endedness of certain aspects of the show, I'm really enjoying as well. You know, mm. so yeah, it, 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 I'm enjoying it. So even the ones that I've I've marked down as uh, to murder rather than keep in mind, I still mm-hmm. enjoyed it. So yeah, it's not it's not been bad television, has it? No, no, um, definitely not. Yeah, so today we're looking at episode five of the first series, which came out in 2001. Um, and this episode actually is written by a guy called Stephen Leather, um, who wrote the only episode so far that I've put in the bin, which is Flame. Okay. So he, he wrote that, and of course the series created by uh, Anthony Horowitz, who we've spoken about before, not Barry. Not Barry. Anthony Horowitz, who we've yes. spoken about before. Um, but yeah, so this this is actually credited to the same writer as uh, as Flame. Um, so we'll see if it's uh, similar in the t- in the way that uh, Flame was was quite clever in a few aspects of the story, but the dialogue was really lacking, mm. wasn't it? Uh, or at least that was my feeling. Um, so we'll see if this is similar or or not. That would be quite quite interesting. So this is yep. called Vigilante. Yes. So when you when you heard that, do, do you, did you get the do you get the little blurb up when uh, when you look at the episode? Or did you have no idea what this was going to uh, be about? I literally had read maybe two or three lines, mm-hmm. and the, the what I read was few blokes decide to take out their own form of justice on a suspected paedophile. That's literally all the information I had. I I can't remember. Well, now I can. Obviously, I've watched it again, mm. but uh, I couldn't remember. <laughs> anyone who was in it i couldn't remember any parts yep. of the story there's a strong possibility i've never seen this before in fact i'm fairly mm-hmm. certain that's the case so to me this was like effectively a first time viewing and the information i had on it was literally those couple of lines and the title that's really good because i i think um i remember 
when I was rewatching it, like I say a year ago, it could have been six months ago. We don't really know. Uh, I remember reading Vigilante and seeing pictures, you know, on the front of the DVD and mm-hmm. thinking, I don't remember that at all. Uh, when I started watching it, I did, but, um, it, it's it's quite good. I think uh, I think vigilante is one of those words that before it starts, you think this is going to be a good one mm. because because uh, you know mercy could kind of mean anything, flame could kind of mean anything, but a vigilante, you know what that is generally yes. when it comes to to murder and stuff like that. So once again, we open the episode uh, at night time, but quite a different feel to normal side because we're in quite a busy pub, aren't we? Yeah, and. I, we we we've said it quite a bit on previous episodes. They've got an hour to tell this story, mm. so they've got to give you a lot of information to set up w- what's going to happen, or a lot of information throughout the the whole period of the episode. I think this is done really, really well, straight from the off, mm-hmm. because y- you're meeting some characters straight away. You see a newspaper, and on the newspaper, it's uh, headlines about a missing girl, and and you know, <laughs> within probably sixty seconds the stall has been set out already. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I wrote down this, a lovely bit of rock music, which makes me sound incredibly uh, <laughs> middle-aged and perhaps middle-class, um, which I'm, I'm neither things. Uh, but um, I, I, I did try and find out who that song was by, but I didn't try too hard, i.e. just using Shazam. Right, okay. I didn't recognize that. You're a bit of a rock guy. Did you recognize that? Or was no. it just generic music? Not at all. But I have thought I'm going to find out, you know, if I can track down the soundtrack or at least who's because some of the music on this episode is fantastic. Yeah, there is. Um, it's really I think good stuff. Just, I think I just need to watch it back on the DVD and whack Shazam on it, to be honest. Yeah. Other apps yeah. probably are available. Um, but uh, I did I did look it up. But as I say, there's not a great deal of information online about Murder in Mind, which is one of the reasons oh. we're doing this podcast. Um, but there is some there's some nice music that you sort of uh, banging tapping your foot to. And really, it's the first time in this series you've had music really, other than kind of generic music or anything, hasn't it? Really, you haven't had any kind of yeah. thing like this before. It was, it, I mean, you know, jumping about a little bit, I guess. But in the pub. You hear the music playing. That's to me like mm-hmm. that's that's where they are. It could be the jukebox yeah. playing or, or whatever. But you get other brilliant tracks as well. Like I mean, there's a scene later on where the one guy's in the shower and there's some music playing mm-hmm. there, and and that's a banger of a tune as well. It's you yeah. know, and I want to find out who's done it basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not not the murder. He wants to find out who's done the music. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so a lovely bit of rock music. Um, playing pool, drinking beer, paper reading, all the usual. I put three lads. That's uh, the Essex in me coming lads, out. Lads, lads, um, lads. Lads, lads, lads. Uh, they leave <laughs> the pub, and like you say, they head to a house. Um, and then uh, the guy uh, that we later find out is called Liam. Uh, Asks if he has cold feet. And uh, so these three main guys, so these are our three sort of main characters, really, I suppose, Sai, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Um so we've got Liam, who's played by Ian Kelsey. I think you mentioned him last week. Uh, the, the, the name, name rings about. Yeah, the name rings yeah, about. So I don't know where from. Right. So he is, I would say, he's most famous as David Glover in Emmerdale, because I remember him as that. He was okay. the lover of that mental woman, Kim Tate, or whatever she was called. No, none of that rings about to me. Okay. <laughs> uh, he was in Coronation Street as someone called Vinny. Okay, the wife used to watch Coronation Street and Emmerdale, and Emmerdale at times, so maybe I'd have seen And he those. was Patrick and Casualty, so all the m- usual kind of thing. Yeah. He's got quite a recognisable face. He's been on British television for a long time in those kinds of series. Mm-hmm. Um, then we've got Jack Dobbs, 
who is played by a guy called Alan Stocks, who's someone that I didn't recognise. Um, but apparently he was in quite a few episodes of Wire in the Blood, which is a series that I've never watched, but we may visit uh, down the road. Yeah. Um, he was also in the reboot of Alfredo Sempet. Uh, you know when they brought that back for a brief stint? No, I didn't realise there was a reboot of that. Yeah, well, it's kind of a reboot. They had some of the original guys in it. They brought it back in the early 2000s, I think it was. Um, and yeah, he was with uh, Tim Healy, who, uh, spoiler, rocks up later on. Uh, for a couple of episodes. Uh, I want to say it was like 2004. I'm probably making that up, but it definitely happened. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then we've got David, who is played by Tom Goodman-Hill, probably best known for Ideal. Did you ever watch Ideal with Johnny Vegas? No. I did recognise this guy, though. Well, I'll tell you why you recognised him. It's a Doctor Who alert. Hey, awesome. Yeah, we've got it. (laughs) So... Uh, he was in The Unicorn and the Wasp. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Yep. Got it. He was Reverend Golightly. What a name that is. That sounds like a porn name. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> um, so he was, he was uh, spoilers, but he was uh, the Wasp, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. He was indeed. Yeah. And, he's, yep. and he's, he stands there and does a very cat. It's, yeah. it's quite silly. But um, I'm getting him confused completely as well because when the episode first started, mm. I was convinced he was the ginger fella from um, the full Monty film. But now oh. when I looked at, he looks nothing like that guy. Not even a little bit. does he? <laughs> Not even a tiny bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's in that. And I think um, one of the previous episodes we had uh, the Butler from the same story, didn't we? Yes, that's right. Yep. So, uh, so yeah, I'm I'm so glad that we managed to get a Doctor Who alert in here because it makes me itchy when we don't manage one of those. I have to <laughs> I have to really really try and find one like the comic relief special that Steve McFadden was in. I wonder how convoluted some of those links are going to be. They're going to be as bad as me and Mags on chain wrestling. Uh, I, honestly, I think I think um, I think we're all right at the moment. But when I do start to struggle, there will be some tenuous links. I will as not. As long as they actually link, as long as there they will link, always be a Doctor Who. <laughs> I'm going to put it out there on Front Street. There's always going to be a Doctor Who alert. Always amazing. <laughs> um, yeah. So guy opens the door. There's uh, this guy. There's not really much. Um, much history about uh, about this guy, really. I'm just checking that. Um, no, there's nothing really about this guy. He's called Andrew Burrow, the actor, but um, he hasn't been in much before or since a few bit parts. Um, so, yeah, answers the door, and as one of them keys his car. I think it was um, – is it Jack that keyed his car? Yeah, he's the more – I suppose, rough around the edges guy, isn't he? He's- he comes across more um, volatile, doesn't he? Yeah. Than the others, even in this situation. Um, they push the guy into the uh, into the house and say they've been watching the sick bastard. Um, tie, up on, tie him up in the chair. He keeps saying, come on, lads. Come on, lads. <laughs> so, so far, we're moving quite quickly. What did you think as all this is unraveling, Si? Because it's, it's, it's quite a lot, a lot going on already. I I think this, again, this is well done because, uh, again, the nature of the show, murder in mind, we know someone's going to cop it, don't we? We know, so, mm-hmm. we know someone's going to bite the dust. So, to me, the sooner that happens, the sooner we can get into, like I suppose, the meat of the episode with regards to the reaction of it and so on. I mean, and one of the best things I, I've bought about Teacher, the very first episode, which was fantastic, is that 
the, the crime, the murder, the accident, however you want to word it, happened very early on. Mm. And the investigation and the interaction between the characters and, and how it was developing after the fact was what was what was really interesting to me, what made that episode so good. So the fact that this started in, in kind of a similar way, really, I was quite optimistic because I'm thinking, okay, now we're just going to get a story about how these people are going to cover it up or how these people are going to mm-hmm. deal with what happens. Yeah, and again, you know, we we said it already that all the episodes have been quite different in tone, and this one already with the rock music, with the fact that mm. there's three of them, um, it's quite not that violent, I wouldn't say yet, as they're just kind of pushing them in the door, but the others have been more, um, not subdued murders, but, you know, you've had a suicide, you had a guy sneaking up behind with a knife, you had an accidental tussle. This is quite purposeful, isn't it? Yes. Um, at this stage. Um, so, yeah, they, they ask him where the porn is. Uh, mm. Liam calls Jack by his name, which annoys him. Which yeah, is- no names. We said no names. No names. No names. Um, they're looking for a girl called Lara Evans, which is the girl that was on the newspaper. And they find a photo of some kids, uh, which he says is his nephew. He came from Doncaster. They, they say to him, well, we know you came from Doncaster. He's like, so? <laughs> he says, I'm not a pervert. And they said, why did he come from Doncaster then? Which I the, the Don- is, not, is Doncaster full of perverts? <laughs> not all. I mean, my dad was born in Doncaster, so yeah. <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah I've got, i had a lot of family in uh in donny um but uh yeah i it was i found i found that quite funny because i've got a uh connection with doncaster just the way they're like you're a pervert because you're from doncaster but <laughs> <laughs> like, no more no more information needed yeah it's fair enough right. isn't it we we know a few people from hull don't we it's not too far up the uh up well the yeah way, it's and, close enough you know. <laughs> yeah, um, it was in the paper that he's a paedophile, and that's how they've tracked him down. I've written that it's a very intense scene because there's lots of shouting. They're knocking him around a bit, aren't they, Sai? Mm. Um, and they're all they're kind of shouting back and forth. And then David, who is the one that definitely wasn't in Full Monty, yes. uh, hits him. Pretty good uppercut, I thought. It was quite a swipe, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, the chair that he's tied to goes backwards. He cracks his head, and that's it. End of mm. uh, end of Henderson. I think as well, though. I mean, this is literally the first couple of minutes of the show. So we've seen mm. them in the pub, we've seen them outside the house, and we've seen them doing this in the house. The interactions between them all, I think, at the, even at this really early stage, we've got the characters semi-established. Mm. You know, we, we've got the guy called Liam, who, by the way, it took me half the episode to find out what his name was. It, oh, felt really? like it took me ages to twig what his name was. I, I've <laughs> literally for half, quite early. <laughs> well, I was going to say for, 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 for half my notes, it just says that bloke. Because <laughs> <laughs> I had the other two's names. But yeah, you've yeah. you got Liam, who it seems quite calm, collected, uh, and it seems like he's got his head screwed on. Uh, we have Jack, who, as we said, is, is a bit rough around the edges, a bit more, you know. I suppose one way of wording it would be like, uh, up for a scrap, I guess, is he comes mm-hmm. across as like he's not afraid of, you know, that sort of thing. And then we've got Dave, the other fella, who seems a little bit more timid, like he's a little bit more just along for the ride, gets caught up mm-hmm. in the situation, maybe a bit more of a worrier. And all that is established in these first couple of minutes. So to me, I think that's really good character work. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I've written something similar just after this because um, 
after that happens, obviously they realise what's happened. They realise that he's dead. Um, Liam sort of, you know, panicking a little bit, says, you know, shit. And Jack says, good riddance. Um, I've written that he's not bothered at all, that Dave did the world a favour. And then I've written that we've got three different, very different approaches and three different reactions. Like you said, Liam is very, okay, that's done. Let's fix this now. Let's, let's tidy this up. David Uh is, or Dave is an absolute gibbering mess because he just killed a man. And Jack doesn't really seem to be bothered. And, uh, you know, he's like you say, he's good riddance to him. Um, and Liam takes charge of cleaning up the mess. Um, and I've written that Jack keeps uh, re-diverting the blame to Dave for causing the death, which I thought was an interesting little thing, considering he seems to be the instigator of all this. And we find out later that he very much was the instigator of yeah. of actually finding him. Um, I thought it was quite an in- uh, interesting trait that he just constantly throws it back at Dave that actually you killed him. Nothing to do with me. I, I think he's a bit of a gobby shit ace, to be honest. You know, I don't, I don't think he's a very pleasant person the way he comes across. But straight away, mm. they start. I suppose Liam is is making plans instantly. He he's reacting straight away, as you said. Right, that's done. Let's deal with it. And he's saying about uh, cleaning certain mm. aspects of the crime scene. How we're going to make this look more like an accident than it potentially was. Uh, he starts basically giving out orders. You go get a vacuum cleaner. You do this. You do that, and so on. And uh, at that moment, I, di- I didn't know why yet, because the reveal doesn't happen straight away. But at that moment, I'm thinking, this mm. guy is incredibly clued up for being in this scenario. So I'm thinking, has he killed before? Yeah. Or, you know, how does he know? Does he just watch a lot of TV? I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's, it's that thing of there's, there's, a, there's a, a knowledge to him with regards to being in this scenario. And that was quite... It quite glaring to me, but the reveal of why I thought was really clever. Yeah, and 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 I think um, also looking back at past episodes, uh, this is the first time we've seen this really because all of them really have not dealt in it a very good way. They've all mm. kind of like you know Joe was wiping down his own coffee tin, and you, you know the um, uh, Michael in uh, in motive you know, took the knife and put it in his rucksack and all these kind of silly little things that people might do when they panic. It's the first time we've seen someone really sort of uh, show a bit of knowledge and show a yes. bit of sort of something about them, uh, a bit of organisation, which, like you say, at first you could just think, oh, wow, you know, he's a bit clued up. Um, so, um, so yeah, they decide to carry him upstairs. Uh, so they're going to make it look like he slipped out of the bath. Um they, which Jack does not like, he keeps saying, "I'm not, go- I'm not touching him. I'm not mm-hmm. touching he, him." He wants no involvement um, at all, does he? No. Uh, I think that can be read two ways. You know, I think one, he doesn't want to risk fingerprints or being involved with it. Or two, he thinks that he's this disgusting paedophile and doesn't want to touch him. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Two, two ways of looking at it. I think. Um, so the idea here is that they're going to take his clothes off. Um, put him in the bath and the water will wash away a lot of the forensics. Uh, and then they will stand him up and throw him out of the bath. So he hits his head on the floor and it looks like he slipped out of the bath. Mm. Um, I've written, I've written, you know, on, on past episodes, we've seen that my notes are a bit odd. Okay. Yeah. I can go along. Um, I've written, 
lovely smooth bottom for a Doncaster lad. <laughs> See, I- I've written unnecessary shot of the dead man's arse. <laughs> <laughs> we did two very that. different viewpoints on the uh, same scene there. <laughs> I, it, uh, that reads to me like I thought it was very necessary. <laughs> yeah, maybe, um, maybe. <laughs> but I, again, not only all people in Doncaster perverts, but apparently they've all got hairy bums, according to me. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there we go. <laughs> the hairy bum denounces. <laughs> <laughs> There's anyone from Doncaster listening, uh, you know, we're not saying that you're a hairy bum dance. No, um, you might have a very smooth probably bum. someone that you're related to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, interesting idea sticking them in the bath and washing off mm-hmm. all the uh, yeah and, again. and making them fall out of the bath. I think that's quite quite original. I haven't really seen yeah. that to my knowledge on any sort of you know murder mystery thing where they found someone on the floor and it actually turns out that they've made it look like he slipped out. They're quite clever, I thought. Yeah, definitely. And there's a few touches around that as well that I thought were really good that we they didn't need to write in. They didn't need to show happening. But it really adds to Liam's character and showing how how clued up in this scenario he is. And the big one for me was the dressing game. If this guy was, mm. you know, in the in the bath and then slipped, so he's taken his clothes and put them in the bedroom and bought the dressing game and hung it in the bathroom. It's, it's a mm. small little thing, but when you when you look at it, you think, okay, that makes perfect sense. But that would never enter my mind. Yeah, no, it, it, that me neither. Yeah, uh, Scottish Danny, let's know. Um, yeah. <laughs> you've got to listen to past episodes to know why we keep throwing poor old Danny under the bus yeah, um, exactly. then they get to work vacuuming and cleaning up blood and I've read Lee is very composed and leading the clean as we uh, talked about Dave's a shivering wreck and Jack is remorseless and very angry still um, Liam then sees a victim uh, a photo of the victim with his sister and the boy that he spoke about uh, well that, that's who I thought it was when I made these notes might not have been Mm. Yes, it turns out to be somebody else. I think, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I think so. Um, yeah. I, well, I'll bring that up later. Uh, I'll bring yes. that up later. But um, he advises them to clean all of their stuff thoroughly, get rid of, you know, burn all of their uh, clothes as well. Um, Dave keeps going on about how it's an accident, and Liam says it was an accident, but just they need to think about why they went there in the first place. You know, um, they burn their clothes. I've written uh, that bin bag gonna stink. Oh, yeah, I think. <laughs> Put it in a bin bag and then burnt it. Yes. Draw a bit of tension, it? Yeah, yeah. And and the, the thing with the burning of the clothes, I suppose that's a standard kind of kind of trope you get in these murder shows when people are trying to cover their tracks, isn't mm. it? So that side of it mm. we have seen in, in other shows and on a more regular basis. So I suppose that's not devi- deviating from what we, we might already know, but everything else Liam is mm-hmm. doing is odd for somebody in that scenario at that moment as we're watching. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, I've written the cleaning themselves, uh, the image of a cat that popped into my head. Uh, <laughs> Dave is crying. Um, Liam got some rock music blaring. I said, this is the track that you wanted to find. Yeah. It? Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, and then I've written that this is the reveal, uh, of Liam when he's washing, and when he's getting ready, uh, that we see a, uh, is it a badge or a shoulder? Yeah, well, it's, it just has, po- it has police on it, doesn't it? Whether it was a bit of a hat or yeah. the, the badge or whatever. I thought mm-hmm. as it was scanning down the, down the guy, because we can see it almost past his arm, can't we, behind him. 
because mm-hmm. uh, he's just got out of the shower. I thought he was going to scan down, and for some reason, we were looking for some dodgy ass tattoo. I don't know why, but as it was, you know, because he, he had no shirt okay. on at the time, you know. And then I, so when I saw the the police badge, I was like, oh, okay, now I yeah. see. So, what did you think about that? That brilliant. I guess you could call it a twist. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. I didn't see it coming at all. My first yeah. thought was this: this guy's killed before. Not that he's a policeman, right? Yeah, and so, it, yeah, I think that's that fantastic. It, adds quite a bit of excitement, I think, to the mm. to the episode because again, this is an element that we haven't had in Murder in Mind yet, which is one of the reasons we've enjoyed it so far. Is that we now know that we're possibly going to be involved in somehow in the investigation itself, which. Mm-hmm. So far, we haven't been, which is, I say, one of the enjoyable things, I think, that we found so far is we follow the killer whilst the police do all of their stuff in the background, whereas a lot of these shows focuses on the police side of it. Yes. Um, but none of it seems, you know, it all seems to fit together quite well with the clues that our guys have left behind. This is quite exciting, I think, because it feels like we're going to see it from a different angle again. Yeah, and I, again, I, I don't mean to jump around too much in the, in the timeline of the episode, but we get very much clued in to what's going on because mm. of what happens. I mean, it, it's it's a standard thing, isn't it, that you read about mm. all the time that killers sometimes will try and insert themselves into the investigation mm-hmm. and will be asking the police a lot of questions, just trying to find out info. But he's actually a police officer himself. Mm-hmm. So, again, I don't want to jump around too much, but he literally ends up being inserted into the investigation, doesn't he? Yep, he does. He does. Um so once he gets to the station, it, he's called out to a suspicious death, um, which obviously is, is our guy. Um, we This is where we first see some of his colleagues, and we see Tim Healy, who I've referred to as Team Healy for quite a while on this until I realized his name was Duggan. Uh, right. <laughs> so we've got DCI Duggan, who is Tim Healy. Uh, you must recognize him. Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah. He was, was he, he's, Benidorm was he in? He was a Benadorm and yep. Alfredo Sempet. Um, okay, yeah. so he's more he's more uh, comedy stuff. I've written. He also popped up in Boone and Minder. Um, nice. He is, as I meant, I think I mentioned last week. He is the only character to appear in Murder in Mind twice. Yeah, you said this yeah. Is so his first appearance, um, which is quite cool, quite exciting. And I also had a moment here. Sorry, I also mm-hmm. had a moment here no. that displays just how stupid I can be because he's referred to as Chief Inspector Duggan. Mm-hmm. And my mind, for some reason, you know, like you're in a monologue, I suppose, my, my mind just kind of told myself, all oh, right, that's what CID stands for then. And then I was like, no, don't be stupid. They're not all called Duggan. <laughs> <laughs> you thought it was like a Jane Fond type thing, did you? Yeah, just, just, just CID. Just like, they're all CID. Yeah, just they're like literally that two three seconds i was like oh, okay no <laughs> prat <laughs> oh sorry you know you've just said that on a podcast that's going to be used against you for so hey, long i'm the one who edits it mate. <laughs> <laughs> i'm the one who edits you know so we'll, we'll see later on because i'm editing this tonight we'll see if that stays in or not <laughs> um one of the other people we see is wpc jill evans who doesn't really do much in this episode um no. And I thought she was going to be in it more because she kind of she pops up a few times and tries to talk to Liam. And it seems almost like she's got a thing for Liam, the mm-hmm. way that she approaches him. Nothing yeah. really is investigated on that or anything like that. I've um, got a little theory on this. Oh, go on. I think Liam's gay. 
Okay. I think there's a couple of moments in the show that maybe hint towards Liam potentially being gay. One of them, first of all, he, he's not got any family. And when they're talking about the dangers of what's happened and what each mm. person could lose, they're talking, you know, the one guy's wife, the other guy has kids with Liam. It's <laughs> you have your career. That's the equivalent of saying, Oh yeah, you've got a cat or whatever. Do you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> it's like you, you're not married. You haven't got a girlfriend or anything like that. Yeah. He, so, so he's, he's a single guy. You've got this mm-hmm. pretty attractive lady, sh- obviously showing an interest in him in every single she's in. A very young and very pretty Archie Punjabi. I've written. There you go, and she shows. Uh, it's not too subtle, I think, that no. she shows an interest in Liam in every scene she is in. She is. Mm-hmm. She is obviously keen on this guy, and he's not interested in the slightest. And then there's a moment with uh, Dave later on where mm-hmm. he says he really, really cares about him and gives him quite an intense look. So I'm wondering... I that maybe... was creepy. Okay. I, okay. Yeah. I'm wondering if there was... Uh, whether it was written that way intentionally or I've just picked up on something that's not there. But those three factors, the living alone, no interest in the, the young lady you know, who's very keen, and these moments with, with Dave, maybe I've added you know, those three points together and got 86. I don't know, but... Do you know what? It's it's interesting because that would explain the Dave thing. Um, that's interesting. I never even thought of that because I, I I just put it down to the fact that he wasn't showing any interest to her was the fact he's so focused on covering this up. Um, mm, yeah, okay. He could be on something there. That's, in, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, the stage, always a big racist. Very young, very pretty. Archie Manchard. Oh, always a big fat racist. Yeah, there is that. Yeah. He's, he's there a is big point. murdering racist. <laughs> yeah. Could be. He could be, couldn't he? Um, Archie Punjabi's been in many things. Uh, I don't know if you recognised her. I didn't recognise the first time I saw her. Um, and then until I sort of looked her up, and I was like, oh, it's her. Of course it is. Um, she's been in those different things. Uh, I think she's best known possibly for Good Wife, which is something I never watched, really. Um, but she was in The Fall. She was in Life on Mars. Loads of other sort of TV shows. I've seen Life um, on Mars. I don't remember her. She she, she was um, Sam Tyler's girlfriend in the modern times. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I've got her now, yeah. And then uh, he, he meets her mum back in the 70s, doesn't he? Right. And, uh, yeah, so she, she's she's his girlfriend in the modern times. Um, lovely lady. That was a bit creepy the way I said that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a lovely girl. <laughs> what a lovely girl. Have one. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going father Ted and you're going bottom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> lovely, lovely girls. Um yeah, <laughs> completely distracted myself now. Um, <laughs> yeah, so um, where the hell are we? Uh, they asked what made it. Da, da, da. Right, okay. So um, they call that suspicious death. Liam asks what made it suspicious. Um, I've written that Dave is a mess and Jack has a lot of kids. I think it turns mm. out he's only got three, but I, I wrote a lot. It's quite a small house though, isn't it? It seems like, the, uh, and this yeah. is something else I think that's quite quite clever. Again, I don't know if it's an intentional thing or if it's just what's happened, but th- th- they've killed this guy because they suspect him to be a paedophile. Mm-hmm. And there's also the backdrop of this girl who is missing. She was on the paper and we see a press conference of her parents and all that sort of stuff. Mm. So the 
the sort of theme of children in this episode is quite a big backdrop into into the story there's yeah. so many i suppose uh hints or subtleties towards that we see jack's kids virtually every time we see him at home we yeah. see him fixing a bike when the kids aren't even in the mm-hmm. on in the, on on the scene so that's another hint towards it there's a moment later on when the three guys meet up for a conversation they're in a kid's park and it, i think it's mm-hmm. i think it's sort of like a a secondary layer to constantly be pushing the whole children aspect of the episode yeah because that was the original driver wasn't it yes being protective of kids yeah exactly and like you say what's interesting is we've got three different reasons for them to be uh so protective of the kid, Jack having kids, um, Liam being a police officer, and we find out Dave's later on. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah, so um, we, uh, I've written that Jack's off to sign on. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I like about the Jack thing, so Jack is the rough and ready guy. They establish quite quickly his character, like you said, very easily, um, that he's quite angry. He's quite aggressive, but he's also a slob. Mm. Um, he expects his wife to do everything that you see that quite quickly, don't you? He calls her to answer the door and he uh, tells her to make the tea and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, so we get an idea of him do, just this sort of thing. Yeah, she asks him to do the school run and he says, what's wrong with your legs? That kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. So I know I'm off to sign on. That's more important than taking the kids to school. So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, we have that Liam's now having a tea with uh, young Archie, I've, I've written, and another guy. Um, and they're talking about this, this death that happened. Uh, he says, good riddance, because he was a child molester. And then they ask him who told him that, uh, that he was a child molester. Because apparently this guy that was killed was a family man that came down for work. Uh, Liam says, no, no, no it, was, it was in the paper was in the paper the guy was a uh, was a pedophile and they say no it was um another copper actually that sat with them uh he says that it wasn't he wasn't a pedophile uh, the paper got the wrong person henderson did come down from doncaster but the other guy was called anderson who also came down from doncaster henderson mm-hmm. who's the guy they killed was actually a family man just looking for work mm-hmm. so, did you see this coming I kind of did. I kind of thought this is because what they've done is, is pretty horrific. And Mm -hmm. in certain stories, you get the aspect of the the sympathy for the person who's involved Mm -hmm. in the murder here. I straight away felt that we weren't going to have that sympathy aspect because of how cold Liam was at the beginning and calculated with his planning and so on. Uh, Jack is just not a particularly pleasant character. And mm-hmm. Dave, the one who, who swung the, the lethal blow, I suppose, it is, you know, a gibbering wreck and a mess and so on. I felt that this was going to be a mistake. I can't exactly put my finger on why, but I just felt this was going to be an error. And when mm-hmm. you saw the picture that we mentioned earlier on, mm-hmm. and it was of a lady and a child, I didn't get that's his sister and nephew vibes from that i got that's his wife and kid so then i'm thinking if that's his wife and kid and he's been done for being a nonce in doncaster they probably wouldn't be living with him still Mm. so that's when i started thinking okay they've got this wrong i don't think they were living with him 
No, they were. They were in. Don- they'd gone back to Doncaster to visit family and were coming back shortly. Oh, did they say that? Did they? Yeah, yeah. His family oh. were coming back. Shortly. Oh, I thought he just moved down for. Oh, okay. I completely missed that. Mm, they were. I they were coming to join times. him. <laughs> they were coming to. They were coming to join him shortly. So I don't, in my head, I I I heard that they were visiting family. It may be that he's moved uh, down okay. and they were they were joining him afterwards. It may be one of those, but it was definitely a case of they were coming to join him imminently, should we say? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was just a case of um, he was going to find work first. Uh, right. Okay. It. Yeah. Yeah. Could have. Could have been. Could have been. Yeah. I mean, I, I did write originally. Like, what was? Why would he say that it was about his nephew, and then later on turn out that he has a wife and kids? I was like, why didn't he just say that? But I suppose that would have made it too obvious. Mm. Really. Uh, so I think the the nephew sister's child i think the idea was when we saw that picture vico's like me do you think that will actually oh it was his sister and her child okay yeah i didn't i never thought no actually that's his wife and kid so i think that was quite clever really and also you couldn't take it anyway really couldn't you yeah also he had a daughter and they said it was his nephew in the in his football kit my eyes aren't good sorry that could have been okay It could it could have been Warwick Davis. Oh dear! I would have had Let's no clue. Let's not go down that road. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have had no clue. Um, yeah, apparently the paper retracted the next day, but that's uh, that is a typical newspaper trope headline. The first mm. day if it was wrong, the next day it's a two line uh, little bit in the middle of the paper yep. somewhere, isn't it? And that's real yep. life. We know that. Um, and then Liam. <laughs> I've written, then Liam Barry's in the toilet. He does. I think that's from uh, Barry Gibb, that is. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And that's where yeah, that's come from. It, and, and again, I liked that because he's been so together and so collected and so mm. calculated in all of his actions. But this bit of news has completely thrown him. And we go from him sitting there in a conversation to literally just looking at the bowl and it getting filled. It's quite a yeah. jarring switch of scenery, I guess. Yeah. And it was good quality puke, I thought, because it was proper bile yeah. as it would be. It wasn't... Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought not had much for breakfast that morning, by the looks of it. No, no. Just no. have tea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've written... Uh, my notes, man. I've written, David does shit with cars. That's what he does for a living. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he's a my mechanic, notes yeah? are in <laughs> <laughs> My notes are... are Good detail and horrific detail in uh, in equal measure, really, aren't they? I've yeah, written that the it, whole episode pretty much, but then I've written does shit with cars and he's buried in the toilet. So, but to be fair, it it does explain exactly that that scenario. It's as accurate as saying he's a mechanic. He does do shit with cars, so yeah, it works. He does do shit with cars. Uh, I've written another bit of rock music. Every time I write yep. rock music, I think Morty just thought you know. <laughs> <laughs> lovely bit of rock and roll um, <laughs> they go for a stroll and uh they panic about kill- killing an innocent man as you would um i've written jack still turning all the blame on david uh-huh. uh even yeah. more so now i think he's turned that up a little bit now that it's uh now we know the guy is innocent and this is when we first hear that dave wants to tell the police um when he first, I've written, when he first says about going to go and talk to the police, Jack does a really good, you're chatting shit, mate, face. 
don't they? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I, someone, like you talk bollocks, someone just gives you that look. He, he does it brilliantly. Yeah, totally. I, I do get the impression, though, that Liam and Jack in this interaction, are they're not thinking, yeah, okay, we're on board with this. But mm-hmm. part of them is a little bit like, eh, can we let him do that and get away with it ourselves? Yeah. Because they start, they start to sort of make that point, really, don't they? Mm. Um, Jack suggests that Dave, if Dave's going to tell the police, they leave them out of it completely. Um, Jack then points out that he has form because he got arrested in the past. He's been in prison for GBH. What a which, surprise. Um, yeah, shock horror. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then Dave says he's not taking all of the blame, which I think is a bit odd. Hmm. Don't yeah, he he says he's not taking all of the blame, but there's the three of them there. They he didn't even swing the initial blow. So yeah, I just think when he's he says he can't live with it and he needs to go to the police, but then he says he's not taking all the blame. And mm. I think, well, you're the one that wants to go to the police. So I'm at yeah. this stage, I'm with the other guys because I'm like, okay, no, if you want to admit to it, fine, but just leave us out of it. Don't ruin our lives. Yeah. It, and then he's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm going to ruin yours too. <laughs> so at this stage, I'm kind of with them. Yeah, no, I can see that. I can see that. And again, it's it's a difficult, a difficult scenario, isn't it? Because even if he did go to the police and explain, okay, this is what happened. It was me on my own. Mm. The other guys are always still going to have that in the back of their mind. What if he, what if he's in prison 10 years and says, I got some information knock some time mm. off my sentence and, and all this sort of stuff. It's always yeah. going to be there, isn't it? It's a good point. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, Jack keeps pointing out that Dave, Dave actually killed the guy, but Dave does seem to start to understand why Jack and Liam can't hand themselves in. And this one, they mention about careers and families and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But again, I think this is a well done conversation. It's quite quick, but you get everything that you need. Yeah. I mean, not there. You're saying it's quite quick, but it's well done. I think is it can be applied to the whole episode. I think it's it's really really well paced. There's not any particular lulls in the episode where I'm thinking, okay, speed it up a little bit, or they don't need this particular scene or whatever. No. Then there's also there's also uh, a feeling of, despite the fact you've got these three different characters in different lives that kind of entwine and they've got this thing going on. It doesn't feel rushed. It doesn't feel like they're jumping from one scene to another too quickly. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, I think it's. No, with regard to the pacing of the show, it's pretty much as spot on as you can get it. I think. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I when I watched this the other day, I I had to go and uh, do something, uh, so I checked how long I had left on it, thinking, oh, I'm I'm going to have to stop watching it because I need to go and do this thing. And about thirty five minutes had gone already, and I thought it was ten. It yeah, had gone that that sort of quickly. It's one of those that you wouldn't be checking the time whilst you're watching. Mm. Um. I've written lovely little pizza hut. Yeah. Yeah. You don't see all that anymore, do you? <laughs> no, it it quite nostalgic, wasn't it? Um, if only it was one of those McDonald's with the spaceship on the top. Oh yeah. Bloody Remember hell. those? Yeah. Again, we, we were talking on a previous episode, weren't we, about how certain aspects age the show because it is 20 odd years mm. old. And there are some, some moments where you don't realize that it is 20 odd years old. There mm. are other moments where it's aged very quickly this one there is a couple of moments where i think okay that ages the episode but not in a bad way there's a conversation uh later on on the phone and liam is using an old bt call box and yeah. that made me think 
okay, this this is 2001, whatever it was. And the house phone that they're ringing from the call box, I can remember my friend's mum having that when I was a kid, that exact same yeah. house phone. So it's yeah. that kind of, it does sort of drop you back into 2001-ish. See, the phone box, I didn't pick up on that because that's still quite a modern, not modern, but it's still quite a common trait in TV shows. I was watching okay. something the other day that was like a 2019 and they were still going to a call box to call them because it's untraceable. Mm. Um, yeah, okay. You see it a lot in like Breaking Bad and stuff like that where they better call Soul. It might have been better call Soul, which was um, recorded last year. Um, and he goes to a payphone and calls them up. So I didn't, I didn't take the payphone as something that dated it. Um, you don't see any mobiles or anything like that. So no, it doesn't no. really... Uh, share that up i suppose the computers in the um in the uh, station are like your computer um, yeah yeah <laughs> and uh and there's something on the telly uh when oh, they went on the phone yeah that was it weakest link, weakest link. um with the android yeah <laughs> but apart from that um that's when they realized that jack is wearing the same trainers that he was wearing on the night that they killed the guy that he was supposed to have got rid of they Some cost him 40 quid I've written that. He said they were 40 quid. He got done on those trainers, I've written. Yeah, because they look like shit. Yeah, they do, yeah. He yeah. got done on that, especially 40 quid back in 2001. £10 on more expensive than a blowjob in Bristol. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You could have probably got a train down to Bristol, had a blowy and come back. Mm. Yeah, potentially. Money. Or you could have saved up a couple of weeks worth and gone for the full service. You could have done, couldn't you? Yeah. yeah. David did <laughs> listen, that for you. Listen to episode one of the Murder in Mind pod to understand <laughs> what, what, what we're referencing there. We're not literally citing the cost of services in Bristol. There is a reason, though. It's <laughs> just, to, you know, yeah. just in case my parents oh, listen to this and this is the first episode they press play on. <laughs> I wasn't going to give any context on it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the problem the things that we've kind of jumped on as things that we've discussed before yeah 30 pound blowjobs in bristol sexy gym jams yeah these are things that probably aren't <laughs> the things we should be carrying on no, the other. No. you wait till i start making t-shirts for this show <laughs> oh no <laughs> just just a, a cartoon image that pig's bladders has made of me and you in sexy gym jams is it <laughs> with 30 quid and a question mark underneath <laughs> <laughs> with the old boy from episode one in the front yeah exactly <laughs> um oh goodness me we've just given pig bladders ideas as well um so yeah so so lee i've written liam takes a wander into cid uh because he's a policeman he's uh he's a, they called him a wooden top at this point which is a very yeah. old uh, terminology um i've written tim healy so that's dci duggan um he comes in uh, and he asks what he's doing there. Um, and Liam says that he lives local and was interested. And I've written that uh, DCI Duggan seems a bit off with him. Yeah, I, I can't figure this guy out properly throughout the show. Because there are moments mm. when it comes across like he al- he's already suspecting Liam. Because Liam is acting a bit shifty, but does like, yeah. a semi-decent job of explaining the shiftiness away, I think. But it's almost like Duggan mm. isn't completely buying into what he's saying. But then there are other moments where it, he is almost completely, you know, shows faith in Liam and believes he, he's just taking him along 
for police reasons as opposed to anything else. So that mm-hmm. that aspect of that character, I find a little bit back and forth. Yeah, I, I, again, I don't know if it was on purpose because early on he does seem suspicious of him. Mm. And then he walks into the office later and he says, well, I'm jumping forward a bit, but he, he basically says, like, did you think we weren't going to find out? And you feel like he's caught him out on something. And then that's That's when he basically gives him some advice. And that's the point where you go, oh, he's not suspicious of him. And I think that was done on purpose, to be honest. I think at the beginning, we're supposed to think that he's piecing things together. And then we realize, oh, no, he hasn't got a clue. And actually, uh, it seems like this murder is one of the best things that could have happened to Liam because he's wormed his way into the good books with CID. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like it might be go- things might be going his way. That's how I read into it. Oh, totally. Because when they initially meet, he's quite dismissive of Liam, and he's he's you know mm. I'll walk or you if we need something. Is kind of the uh, the attitude mm-hmm. he has, and then it's almost like he takes him under under his wing, and he, he thinks maybe I can. This could be my little protege, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he does. So um, Liam Liam says to um, to Duggan that murder's a bit unusual, and that's when Duggan says. It's a suspicious death. No one said murder. Um, and he kind of gives him that look. That's why it seemed mm. like he was a bit suspicious. Um, and this is when Liam says, well, in what way does it look suspicious? And he explains that it looks like he could have fallen out the bath, but the blood spatter is wrong. Um, it, unless he was already bleeding from the back of his head when he went down, um, which I thought was quite clever. Yeah. But then I, I I started asking the question then. I mean, there's two things that stood out to me, and it does get explained later on in the episode, or not not explained, but brought up. The mm. blood splatter being wrong from the back of the head. That's why they're looking at it as being a bit suspicious, and that all makes perfect sense. But then I'm starting to think, okay, they've covered all this stuff up. They ran around with the vacuum, had a bit of a clean, and all this sort of stuff. But he was punched in the mush. That's go- There's going to be some damage there. Mm. that will get found when they do the autopsy. Mm-hmm. And then they scratch the guy's car. That's going to get yeah. noticed as well. So I'm thinking, how have they been so meticulous and clever with everything they've done with regards to the crime scene, I guess. But then there's the two glaring aspects that I, I suppose on one, on one side, they can't do anything about that. So it's a case of just have to hope, I suppose. But it did mm-hmm. sort of enter my mind of, okay, is that going to come back and bite them on the arse? Because that's not been dealt with. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and and like you say, it does it does draw attention, doesn't it? Mm. Um, so he asks him if he's um, if he's got a suit, and that he'll square it with a duty sergeant for Liam to join CID on the road for his local knowledge. So, like I say, you know, things are looking up for Liam already, really, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, promotion. Then uh, we're back at Dave's place, and um, I'll be honest with you, Sai. Uh, Dave's missus walks in and calls him darling, and I got horrific flashbacks. <laughs> See, I just look at I the think guy. I think I've got PTSD. I just look at the guy, and I think, okay, being a bit of a slob's one thing, being a bit off with your missus, whatever, behaving the way he does, whatever, everyone's different. Sat there chain-smoking when your kids are in the room. It's like, have a word for yourself, mate. Yeah. You know, that's what yeah. put me off. I mean, to be honest, I could even live with killing a guy, but chain smoking around <laughs> your kid, that's what's put me off this fella, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I was, I was just freaked out by, uh, well, that, that's, um, 
that's Jack, isn't it? This is Dave's missus that called him Darwin. Oh, sorry. I'm getting confused between the two. Yeah. I knew this I was going to happen bit as with well. Jack. I knew this was going to happen as well. I knew I was going to start getting... There's only three main names, but I knew I was going to start getting them wrong. <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> uh, let's, let's, should we call Dave Full Monty? Yeah, that's a good shape. Would <laughs> we, we, we Full Monty, and then Chainsmoker? Yeah, that works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Full Monty's missus came in, called him Darling, and that's what made me kind of shiver mm. and think, oh, no, not again. Please. You've been doing so well, writer. Please don't start this. Uh, but it was only the once. It was only the once. Um, oh, sorry. I've written, he's in a child's, this is um, Full Monty. I've written, he's in a child's room sniffing a rabbit. <laughs> yeah. I think we need more context to that. He's not. Because <laughs> this is quite Honestly. an upsetting scene, I think. This is quite sad. He has a cuddly toy in his possession. And um, yeah, he, he's, he's, he's crying, quite upset. And it, it becomes quite apparent quite quickly um, that it is obviously his child's room. Mm-hmm. Um, she says that they should start to thinking about doing something for the room. And he says it's too soon. Um, and you know what I, I said to you I, I sent you a message uh, I didn't say, give you any information really but there's a couple of storyline strands to this if you like that I don't remember yep. and I've watched this episode quite a few times as I had most of them I didn't remember this okay this little element to his character um, so obviously they've lost a child uh, I don't do we, do we find out how I know that he blames himself yeah, it's just an accident, is what's said, isn't it? We don't ever. I don't think we find out. Yeah. Why. And when we, we get a get couple too of much scenes, information, that, do we? no, we get a couple of scenes after that where the the music changes, the lighting changes, and the way it's done. I thought we were going to get a flashback just for a couple of seconds when they yeah. changed the, the scene mm. to it. You know, and I was like, oh, I don't want to see this. I don't want to see this. No. Thankfully, it didn't happen. But yeah. Yeah. Um, I think this is a really important bit as well because we know already that Dave is a it, well. We get the feeling that he's a good guy, mm-hmm. um, so we can kind of, you know, Jack Jack's a hothead. Um, Chainsmoker is a, is a hothead. Mm-hmm. Uh, policeman seems like a bit of a lad, lad, lad. Um, but Dave didn't fit the mold. But actually, him going through that possibly quite recent horrendous event involving a child yeah would that mix with alcohol could easily drive him to wanting to do something about a child molester so it, it really makes not, sense for his character and makes you sympathize for him massively yeah and, and he's got you know boisterous jack in his ear egging him on mm-hmm. and so on and like you said uh, a, a bit of the old dutch courage a, a, a few a few jars in him and yeah i can see where you're coming from yeah, so she, she says that the Julie's accident wasn't his fault. Um, I've written that it's quite a heartbreaking detail to to throw into this episode, really. Um, uh, that and sniffing the rabbit. Um, so um, Tim Healy, uh, old Duggan, he points out the newspaper misprint um, about the fact that Henderson was uh, accused of being a paedophile, which is wrong. Mm. Um, he asks... Uh, he asks Liam if he knows anyone 
around that estate that might act on that kind of information. And then uh, Duggan brings up Jack Dobbs, uh, who is chain smoker. Um, and the fact that he started a group a little while ago, uh, which was a sort of defense league type thing. Yeah, that's the impression. It's a vigilante group, isn't it? And he says they yeah. act when necessary. But yeah, yeah you that, imagine him to be the exact same sort of, you know, <sighs> English Defence League kind of guy, don't you? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so he asked Liam about him, and Liam basically says that Jack goes with Eichel and he's a bit of a bell, is what I've written here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Essentially what he says. <laughs> um, they go and view the body um, whilst the wife, whilst this guy's wife identifies him. Um, and I thought here the way that Duggan looked at Liam was very interesting, and that I was on the same side as you were. Yeah. I think, oh, he, he thinks there's something up with this guy because he drinks in the pub with these bloke. Uh, he's come into CID and he's sort of nosing around. This guy's suspicious of him. But again, as I said to you earlier, I think that is deliberate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. So um, we get to Chainsmoker uh, and he tells his missus to answer the door. Lazy prick. Have it. Um, <laughs> but he goes and answers it and it's Liam knocking on his door. Um they bring up the VJB, I've written, uh, which is what his group is called, uh, say that they want to chat, and uh, Liam gives Jack a little sort of a head tilt, say, let us in, mate, because Jack's yeah. quite defensive already, isn't he? Um, well, he, he yeah, says he's got I, a warrant straight away, doesn't he? Yeah, and he goes, what, what do you need a warrant for? <laughs> yeah. Um, Betland. Um, <laughs> it, it, it stands for Vigilante Justice Brigade. Yeah. Very, and he's you know, not very creative, is it? Not really. Uh, <laughs> he says that it is a reactive force. You tried to force a child molester on us, and we react, which I thought was quite good. I like mm. that. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, he asks him, React how? And he says that he's never met a copper that's on side with a nonce. And he says, uh, and Duggan says, Well, you're not inside now because he said that basically when he was inside, the screws used to turn a blind eye when paedophiles were beaten up and stuff like that. Yeah, and, and tip them off as well as to who was, you know, mm-hmm. of that ilk, shall we say. Yeah, and at this point, he's not doing a great job of not incriminating himself. No, not at all. I'm thinking this guy is making it look like he butchered this dude. <laughs> he's killed this fella, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, then the his kids run in and they're playing with his skanky shoes, I've written. Yeah, I mean, I understand why this scene was written in, and I understand because it's about the trainers not being exposed of again, disposed of again. Sorry, and mm-hmm. it's there to give the give Liam and Jack that kind of oh shit, the trainers are there sort of moment. But why were his mm-hmm. kids playing with his shoes? We've seen they got it's loads weird of toys. Thing, isn't it? it is a bit strange. I understand why it was written in but it still yeah. stood out as being a bit odd. Now he'd got, he had a really small child, didn't he? Um, yeah. If that child was a little bit bigger, like a one year old and that child rocked up with them. I get that. Cause when my kids were little, they played with shoes constantly. Right. They yep. still are little, but when they were like one year old, they would grab shoes and wires and anything, you know, anything like that. Yeah. They, they wouldn't play with toys necessarily. They'd be like, oh, that looks like that could hurt me or give me some kind of disease. I'm going to chew on it. 
that's kind of thing that they did. But the fact that he was a slightly bigger kid running around with skanky shoes was a bit mm. a bit on the nose, wasn't it? Yeah, and Liam's obviously thinking you should have got rid of them, and Jacks are probably thinking put those down there were forty quid, you know. <laughs> <laughs> sacrifice the blowy for them yeah yeah exactly um, <laughs> yeah i think they could have just he could have just walked in and liam could have spotted them on a shoe rack mm. that would yeah that, yeah that's a great show that that would have worked just as well yeah it would have done really wouldn't it well never mind um they uh afterwards after they're there uh doug and asked liam what he thinks um and then i've written doug and his banging on the phone Oh, as in D- Duggan is banging on the phone. I'm being sarcastic. Um, I was like, was he? Why was he doing that? Um, Just slamming it against car. the dashboard. <laughs> <laughs> they're in the car and he answers the phone. It's a brilliant bit of phone acting from Tim Healy. He's like, hello? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. It's confirmed it was murder. <laughs> bit of phone um, yeah. So, um, it, they realized they confirmed it was murder because they discovered that he had been hit in the jaw first because there was there damage. We go, exactly look. as you said, old suspicious sigh strikes again. <laughs> <laughs> um, they go back to the house um, that there. They go back to the house that he was killed at, I believe. Yeah, because they they have at this point the uh, Duggan has got the I suppose CSI would be a term. Yeah. I don't know if that's a, a particularly American term. I'm not sure. Is it crime scene unit over here? I'm not sure anyway, but that, that kind of, you know, forensics and so on looking at yeah. blood splatter. And they found a couple of spots of blood by the fireplace, mm-hmm. but they can also identify that it has been cleaned. So this makes it even more obvious that this yeah, was a murder. And this is where it happened before the body was moved. Yeah, exactly. Um, back at the office, Duggan says, uh, you killed him. And Liam's like, oh, what? <laughs> he says, put yourself inside the mind of the killer. Um, he, t- he did a lovely bit of shit in the pants act in there. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. From uh, <laughs> I thought this around. was brilliant as well, by the way. I thought the way that Duggan got Liam to put his mind in that, well, put himself in that mind frame and explain mm what the killer might have been thinking and we're watching as the viewer knowing he was there and was involved and it's how much information is he going to give that is the truth how much information is what actually happened is he going to try and deliberately steer duggan away and i thought that was that was quite a clever little battle inside liam's own head in a way yeah and again it shows that because um He's he obviously he knows what happened, so his answers are very good, mm. uh, and uh, and that sort of sh- makes Duggan I think think oh this guy's got something about him, and like I said you know it's it's all sort of coming up roses for him really, um, in terms of his career it seems like especially a little bit later on, um, so yeah so he basically says uh, get inside the killer's head, why tie him to a chair because they want to talk why why hit him because they were angry. Um, he says, uh, you know, I wasn't planning on killing him, but I lost my temper, hit him. It was an accident. So he's scared, doesn't want to tell the police, wants to make it look like an accident. So he goes through all these sort of things that we know to be true. Yes. Um, and like I say, Liam, Liam's looking pretty good. Um, 
as he leaves, and our poor old uh, poor old WPC Jill is trying to get his attention again, which I think you might be onto something because why else write it in? Mm. Yeah, this is it. She doesn't come up again. I think this is the last time we see her. Uh, is this is this where he leaves and he bumps into? Um, yeah, Dave. Dave. Yeah, yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah, she's there. Oh, right, well, boy, then Liam and all that sort of stuff, isn't she? And she yeah. always looks a little bit put out Her. by the fact that he's. And he was very dismissive as well. He went, "Oh yeah, this is my mate Dave. Bye." Yeah, you know, he was he was very much a case of you need to go now. You know, <laughs> yeah. So uh, so Liam takes David uh, to his flat, um, and Dave says that it's Jack's fault for winding them up. So it's. He, the the conflict still seems to be very much Dave and Jack, doesn't it? Mm. Um, it was a mistake. Mistakes happen. Dave says, no, accidents happen. Mistakes are made. Bang in mm. line, that. That was great. That was very good. Yeah, There's really also like something that. about uh, Liam's flat as well. I mean, first of all, mm. it's it, it's very small. But everything is very straight lines. Very everything has its place, and it's quite meticulous when you look at like the the mm-hmm. kitchen side and, and so on. But also, is Liam really tall, or is his flat just really small? Because he virtually <laughs> touches the ceiling with his head as he's walking around. I think he's a pretty tall fella. Okay, I don't think he's that tall. He's pretty no. tall. Fella. He's got to be six foot odd, isn't he? Must be a very low ceilinged apartment then. Maybe he's tall. He's taller than the other guys by a fair bit, I think, isn't he? Mm, yeah, yeah, you're right there. Yeah, and I've seen, I say, I've seen, I've seen um, old Full Monty and other things other than Full Monty, and uh, and he's not. He's quite a pretty average sized fellow, I'd say. Mm, so yeah, maybe yeah. he's a bit tall. Yeah, okay. Uh, but yeah, again, I, I I took that to mean you know sort of police personality that he's very organised and. Mm-hmm. And uh, meticulous. Um, yeah, so he, t- he tells him to pull it together. There's no point in them being punished. It won't change anything for the better, which is true. I suppose it wouldn't. Um, Liam asks Dave to give him 24 hours, and then that's when he says, I really like you, Dave. I really like you. I won't let anything happen to you. And I put creepy AF. Mm. Yeah, and again, I you don't read know. read it as sexual tension. Potentially, but maybe I'm getting that because the ginger guy in the full Monty is gay. So maybe I, maybe that's why I've got that issue there. I don't know. You, you not only thought that he was, you thought he was the actual character from the full Monty, did you? Yeah, potentially. <laughs> and he's just got this guy who, in theory, is a giant in his own house um, yeah. coming on to him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a spin off. No one ever knew that they needed. No. <laughs> um, Full Monty and the Giant. Uh, Dave has flashbacks to the death. Is this the part where you thought maybe we we're going to get a flashback of his daughter? Potentially, yeah. It is later on in the episode. There's two moments that okay. I feel like it was going to go to that. And I, did, I was a bit like, oh, no. But thankfully, it didn't happen. So Yeah. Um, next morning, Liam is jogging. Uh, and Jack is there having a fag. Uh, and they discuss him um, going to his flat. Uh, Jack suggests uh, getting someone to, essentially, to kill Dave, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then he says, whatever we do, we do ourselves. So Liam's not saying no. But again, it comes back found... to, sorry, more. it comes back to yeah. that thing of being in, in your own head again, doesn't it? 
Mm. We, we mentioned that if um, Dave went to the police earlier on in the episode, we mentioned that if Dave went to the police, it would still be in the back of their minds that there is something that could happen in the future. And Liam here is, is spot on because he says we will know. And the guy who did it will know. So again, that's a loose end to any potential plan they have, yep. isn't it? Good point. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it says we'll do it ourselves, yeah. uh, whatever we decide to do. Um, Laura Evans, the young girl, she was found safe, locked herself in the shed. And I've put fucking idiot. Yeah. I mean, she's been gone for a little while now, hasn't she? A few days. Well, it's got to be a, at least a few days because mm. this investigation has been carrying on for a little while. And she'd already been missing for a little while since then. Surely the police would have checked the shed. Yeah. Surely the first place you look is around the actual house and garden and such of where she lives. I mean, you think about it. The night this happened, they were in the pub and it was on the front of the paper. Mm. So that paper would have been printed the day before. So that's one night. Mm. Yep. The night the murder happens is two nights. Mm-hmm. Uh, we then get interactions that evening where he asks um dave to give him another 24 hours so that's a third mm-hmm. night because this is the following day when they've met in in at least on, yeah. on this run and so on uh-huh. so we're looking at at least three days sorry three nights oh, four, four, day, four yeah. days th- just by the timeline that we have seen so yeah. what has she done for food and water in this shed yeah i i i've written that she looks very jolly for someone that's been sitting in a shed for- yeah weeks potentially yeah exactly oh, yeah dear. um <laughs> i put and i also put so i wrote all that and then i put i'm perhaps getting a little bit too hold up on this mm. yeah i mean I, I, again i don't know why my mind works this way but when you got to the scene earlier on it was on i think it was on jack's television it showed mm. a press conference of the girl's parents when she was still missing and the mum was looking very upset talking to the camera saying Oh, you know, please just, you know, bring her home. We miss her and so on. You never saw the dad's face. He was constantly covering his face, looking down, shuffling around. I thought dad did it just from from that. And I'm like, I got no reason. The the show's not about this. It's not, you know, there's no, there's no hint towards the dad having killed his daughter or anything like that. And obviously she is found in the shed. So that's fine. But from that press conference, I read that as the dad's done this. It's not oh, even part of the story. Suspicious side. <laughs> exactly. I've I've watched too much Criminal Minds in my time, man. <laughs> I need to watch like more cartoons or something to balance it out. Yeah, wacky races is what you need. Yeah. <laughs> um, Doug and asks Liam if he thinks, um, and this art. Oh, so this is the bit where we get Liam walks into the office and Doug and says, "Do you think nobody would find out? Do you think we're all stupid?" And because of all the sort of looks that he'd been giving him, this bit, I I don't know about you, but I sat up and thought, oh. Here we mm-hmm. go. And also, we, we're getting on in the episode. We we probably only got about 10 minutes left by this point. Yes. Um, which, you know, is usually, in our previous episodes, around the time things start to unravel. Mm-hmm. Um, but he says, um, were you never told about contamination? They found two of your fingerprints on the fireplace. And in future, keep your hands to yourself. And this is a bit where you realize Duggan ain't got a clue. And I think it's even more so than that because he's called, he's been told to go into the office and I'm fairly certain no one else knows as to why he wants to see him. Mm -hmm. And he's given, he's told him to close the door so nobody can overhear what's being said. Yes. He's protecting him. 
yeah exactly so i think it's even more so it's not that he doesn't have a clue he is literally looking at this lad as this is my protege i'm gonna look after him i'm gonna you know he's gonna come with me and maybe work in the cid or whatever it's Mm -hmm. completely the other way isn't it really cleverly done yeah really good um we um we hear that neighbors saw dobbs and uh, uh, smoker and Mm -hmm. two other in the local with the heads down planning shit i've written um And then that's where we got the Lara press conference on the TV. I put, she seems very calm for a kid that's been shitting in a shed for weeks. Yeah. And she literally sits there and goes, apparently she followed a cat in there and the, it locked itself, the, the shed. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, she, she just sat there and went, I like cats. And I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, this, this girl's not going to go to university, is she? No, this was wonky. You know? <laughs> this was a bit wonky. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think this was necessary. I think they could have had a police report that said mm. this girl was found in the shed and she's fine. I don't think we really yeah. needed to see her. No. Nah. Like again, what made it even worse for me was the fact that I'm sat there looking at this press conference. I'm still looking at the dad and thinking, did he put, <laughs> did he put her in the shed? <laughs> <laughs> is he, how relieved is he? You know, he's, and I'm trying to, he's been I'm putting trying... little cat treats on a little yeah. trail towards the shed. I'm trying to read the dad and I'm thinking it's not relevant. It's not relevant at all. Why am I doing this? Why, why does my mind work this way? He moves his hands away from his face and he's got whiskers. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's actually from the film cats. Yeah. And, and he throws his head back and just gives a proper evil bond villain laugh. <laughs> twelves his whiskers, twelves his tiskers, tiskers, twelves his whiskers like a moustache. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Twelves his whiskers. Anyway, um so uh doug and liam are in the pub um and the guys behind the uh behind the bar the landlord says that uh it was busy on sunday and he says you were in sunday weren't you liam he said yeah i was in i was in for one pint um i so the landlord i've written down um i haven't written down his name what i've written down was that he was hedges in uh mike bassett football manager which is my favorite gag from the film that's what i've written on here was it was it really him, was it? Yeah, it was Hedges, yeah. Oh wow, okay. You've seen that film, I take yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, oh, seen wow, that film one, yeah. Oh wow, film seen. I know. Amazing. Goodness I've seen me. the TV show as well. Yeah, it's very good. That yeah. was one of my it, that was Thursday nights that I used to wear. I used to look forward to Thursday nights. You'd have Mike Bassett football manager. Uh you would have um uh Dead Man Dead Man Weds, which was a Johnny Vegas sitcom. And you okay. would have All About George, which was a uh, Rick Mail sitcom, none of which are on DVD, which is a massive shame. I think they're uh, all quite okay. underrated. Yeah, I remember that. I used to look forward to Thursday nights on ITV. Thursday nights for me used to be Monday Night Raw, because that's when we'd get it shown in the UK, because it wasn't live. Was it not a Friday night? It was, for, but Thursday nights for a while, uh, okay. and Friday nights as well, yeah. But Thursday night was my 9 o'clock Monday Night Raw, yeah. I used to stay up and watch it on a Friday night. It was about 1 o'clock in the morning or something, wasn't it? Okay. Uh, 12 o'clock. I used to stay because um, I didn't have Sky. My stepdad did when he didn't live with us. And um, I would stay there on a Friday night and a Saturday night. And I would watch Raw in the evening. And in the morning, I would watch SmackDown. Oh, okay. There you go. Nobody cares more. Nobody no. cares. <laughs> um, but the Hedges gag in Mike Bassett was the only thing he's in there for. And it was brilliant. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I had an existential crisis there for a second, didn't I? No, nobody cares about your childhood, Maud. Um, 
talk, talk I've more got about so much to rabbits. fucking edit this week. <laughs> <laughs> I've said so. I was like doing a podcast with Dan Griffin, isn't it? <laughs> um, oh, Liam phones Jack and he says that they're looking at him. Uh, he says that they need to make it make him look somewhere else. Um, he tells him that Dave will be round at his flat at seven, so Jack better be there at six. And it's clear now that something's about to go down again. We haven't got much left in the episode, have we? No. Um, no. Duggan is talking with Mrs. Henderson, which is the dead man's uh, wife. When Liam walks in, uh, she basically says that he was a saint, and it's just to further that bit, mm. I guess, just to add a bit of guilt to Liam potentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Close up of Liam with a cloth on his face here, and he looks yeah. like he's trying to lose a bit of breath. What did you think when this cut suddenly went to that? What did you think? Uh, I literally thought, you know, someone's trying to kill him. But then, it, uh, you know, very quickly it becomes apparent that they're practicing suffocating. Mm. And That's I'm like, chloroform, I guess. Isn't it? I don't know. I don't know what it was. I, I was just like, I, I didn't, my mind couldn't work out what was going on. I was probably far too busy wondering how the, the dad got the girl into the shed or something <laughs> nonsense like that. But it's, <laughs> but it's, well, I took it because it, was a, cause it yeah. was a white cloth and that's normally what you see on TV shows with chloroform. It's normally on mm-hmm. a white cloth. Isn't it? Yeah. I just took it till he was chloroforming him. But when it suddenly cut to him with the cloth in his face, I thought, oh Christ, have I, because I was actually watching this one on my phone. Okay. Um, uh, I can't do that with any others because I think this and Sleeper are the last ones that are on daily motion at the, mu- at the moment. The rest have been removed again. Um, I was watching on my phone, and and sometimes, as you know, I'm a bit twitchy, um, and uh, and I thought maybe I twitched and like knocked the thing to go forward like thirty seconds, and I thought I'd missed, so I went back, and no, it wasn't. Yeah. And if I'd have just stuck with it for another two seconds and not been so impatient. Uh, I would have realised they were just practising, weren't they? Yeah, and that's literally what I've got in front of me. I've got, at Liam's place, practising suffocating, question mark, is my note. <laughs> <laughs> if someone sees your notes as well, no context really, is there? Well, my son's um, called Liam as well, which is a bit of a... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, I've, I've put that they're timing chloroform, is what mm. I've taken that as. Um it seems that they're plotting something. It, it doesn't look good for poor old Dave. Um, he goes out and his missus asks if he's okay. And he says, um, and she says, I thought this was quite good. Um, she said, haven't you forgotten something? He leans over and gives her a kiss on the cheek. And she goes, no, you're tools, mate. And that yeah. actually made me laugh. That was unexpected <laughs> sort of oh. bit of humor in, uh, in quite a yeah. dark story. I thought, yeah, that was good. Um, so, yeah, so this feels very much because we know they're plotting and Dave gives his wife a little kiss. Uh, this feels like a bye, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it does. Um, obviously, he's not aware, but yeah. He's off to hand himself in, though, isn't he, in his mind? Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, sorry. But we know that it's potentially goodbye in a, yeah. a bit more of a definitive form. Yeah, exactly. Uh, either way, it's not looking good. Um, so, yeah, so he, he says to the guys that he wants to hand himself in. They said, once again, they can't drag them into it. And he says that he won't. Um, then Liam starts running through questions with Dave to make sure he won't get caught out. Um, I put that he d- does quite a good job dodging some of the questions that he hit him with. Um, and Liam starts coaching Dave. And I thought this was really interesting. Again, it was quite... 
it was quite constant. Uh, there was no sort of pauses, but basically he was going through all kinds of different scenarios, wasn't he? And different ways of questioning him and up. Um, yeah. There were certain things like, uh, um, I think he said, um, what did he say? That he pushed him or he hit him and he said, no, I didn't hit him. I pushed him. Something like this. Yeah, it, it's it's just prep, isn't it? I guess prepping him for all the possibilities, mm. and he pokes holes in some of the things that Dave might say, and he says that they're going to go down this road if you say that. Or I mean, the big thing for me is obviously the the written statement he puts, and that's something that does happen, isn't it? They people have to yeah, write he tells them to speech, write it all down, which ends up mm. cleverly being for another purpose. Yeah, exactly. So he tells them to write it all down because that's what the cops will do. So it'll be practice, and he writes it all out. And then Jack chloroforms Dave. As Liam watches, I put, oh, poor Dave. But mm. it might not have been chloroform, um, like you said. But uh, but basically, uh, it looks like that's the end for Dave, really, doesn't it? Yeah. I think you're 100% correct with, with chloroform. It, it must have been. It's not just – he hasn't just pulled a hanky out of his, his pocket and stuck it on his face, has he? Do you know what I mean? It's like – if, if he had it done, judging by his trainers, it wouldn't have been that clean, well, would it? No. And he struggles as well doesn't need to get the tissue on and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, yeah. they glove up Britain and yes. they drive poor old Dave to a bridge and they throw him into the river. Mm. Uh, he bangs sort of bangs onto the bank first, doesn't he? And goes in uh, and that's it for poor Dave. Yeah. It's a shame in it. Poor fella. Yeah. Um, I've written down bloody Jack smiled. Yeah. He's a toss of that bloke. Yeah. What a scumbag. He is. And then he made a joke all for all that sailed in her. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Especially because we, we like as viewers, I suppose, I presume you're the same. They've done a lot to make you like Dave. It's, it's the sympathy vote, isn't it? It's, he's been wrapped up in, I mean, Liam, Liam, I think is, is quite controlling, but not in an mm. obvious way. It's mm. almost like in a kind of, almost narcissistic way he controls people around him with with certain aspects of of how he speaks to them and he's he's maneuvering i think he's maneuvering dave into certain scenarios by almost making it his idea and maybe saying well that's not a good idea why don't we do this and that's quite a narcissistic Mm -hmm. way to behave with certain people Mm -hmm. and you then obviously got jack who's a very much he's a bit more of a simple character but very much a, a, a big character he's very loud very brash very aggressive rough around the edges mm-hmm. so i think dave is the one who you can almost have more of a link to as a viewer because he's he's a bit easier to like and then you get the whole sympathy vote of he's obviously upset about what's happened whereas the other two seem a little bit more not blasé about it but a little bit more you know not as you know distressed about the situation his wife and the daughter dave- and the daughter lost as well yeah, exactly. The daughter loss is his wife. Uh, Dave's wife is obviously very concerned about her husband. He's obviously got issues mm-hmm. with regards to how he's dealing with certain scenarios. And I think it is the, the whole sympathy vote there. And it works really well for making you like the guy. Well, what did you think when you've watched this scene of them put him in the river? What do you think about it? Um, initially, I was like, you bastard. You're going to get away with it, ain't you? Mm-hmm. That was my mindset. So then we go to... Um, Liam and Jack are digging a hole to bury the clothes in or burn the clothes mm. in. I think bury them in, which is a stra- different sort of approach to previously. And suddenly, out of the blue, I think, uh, 
policeman hits chain smoker with the shovel right across the neck, which I thought was him open, doesn't it? Yeah. And he's, he's struggling for breath and then he batters him to death. Did you see that coming? No, but okay. He's, he's digging a hole mm-hmm. and he's got, a, he's got a bag there and he's going to bury some the, the clothes that they've used to, uh, they were wearing when they were murdered. Jack was my initial, sort of murdered Dave was my initial form, mm. but they're still wearing those clothes. They've not changed. So mm. I'm thinking, okay, so what is in the bag then? And then we get a line from Dave saying, you're supposed to have gotten rid of these clothes already. So I'm, I, I then start thinking, okay. Oh, it's the trainers and all that. Yeah, he has got rid of the clothes. He burnt them all earlier. We saw this. So why is he getting him to dig that hole? And then bang, that's when oh, he I didn't it. even twig on that. Yeah, I'm thinking he's, we saw him literally take his trainers off, put it on top of the fire, didn't we? As he's burning the, the you know, burning the stuff earlier on. Yeah. So I'm thinking that they were still wearing the clothes that they killed Dave in. Mm-hmm. He has burnt his clothes. And then Jack turns around and goes, you were supposed to have gotten rid of these. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, so why is, why is he digging that hole then? Because we know he's gotten rid of those clothes. And that's when the, the, the strike with the, the, the spade came. I didn't even pick up on that. I just was thinking about Jack's trainers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought the um, the slash on the neck would look really good. Yeah. Quite graphic as well. Yeah, very graphic, I thought. Yeah. And the noise um, as well of the repeated strikes, quite, quite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So um, it Jack's gone as well. So it looks like Liam's in the clear. We've got... Mm. Uh, We've got Liam, like I said, you know, he's he's, he's in bed, really, with CID. Um, he's got rid of both his others, guys. Uh, poor old um, Dave has written a suicide note, essentially. Yeah. Um, they get into the car, and Duggan says, come on, Wonder Boy, let's go. Um, they drug the guy out of the canal with a suicide note in his pocket, admitting to the murder. How was the how was the note not ruined by the water? Yeah, I thought that. Yeah, maybe maybe he had a waterproof jacket on. If it's like a zip know. thing, would uh, it? I don't know. No, Anywho, I'm not sure. Um, so you know, you can see in Liam's face as well. He's he's relieved. Uh, he almost he almost has a little smile as he's driving, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, it's all it's all coming up smelling of Liam, isn't it? It is. It is. He starts to drive towards the mortuary, and Duggan says, "Well, we, where are you going?" He said, "I'm going towards the mortuary." He said, "No, he's intensive care. He he's in uh, intensive care, but he'll be absolutely fine." As basically a first aid tramp um, <laughs> dragged him out of the water. He's going to be he's going to be fine and live to tell the tale. And then it ends. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. I, I didn't see that coming. And then the fact that it ended when it did, I was just, oh, that was perfect. That was, that was fantastic. It felt like it was home free. And then that just mm-hmm. right at the last second, they just threw that in and you see the panic in his eyes. And, and that's the end of that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, overall, that's the end of that overall. What did you, uh, what did you think of this side? Uh, well, before I get to that, I've okay. got a theory on Liam as well. Oh, cool. Uh, well, maybe not a theory, but vibes I was getting from him. You look at the guy. Have you ever seen the film American Psycho? No. Okay. With, um, I forget the guy's name. He played Batman. Christian Bale, I think is the main I've character. I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. Okay. 
in that film, he wears his hair a certain way. And he's very much, his appearance is important. He's got smart pressed suits mm-hmm. and he, he, you know, he, he's, he's basically killing people. He's a psycho. Um, I got strong Christian Bale in American psycho vibes from Liam in this episode. Okay. And when we saw his flat as well, and obviously in, in the American film, it's a much bigger apartment and so mm. on, but I got vibes of the same. I sort of, like I mentioned earlier about everything having its place all quite straight and in lines and so on. And he lives alone. And I just got these and, and the way he talks to people and almost tries to control the scenario without being overtly bossy, but just manipulate the scenario around him. I got strong vibes of this character from the American psycho film, even down to the way his hair is. It's not exactly the same, but it's just a similar kind of style. So I then got sort of started thinking to myself, okay, is this guy supposed to be some form of a, a psychopath or some sort of form of a, a narcissistic um, killer potentially has got that aspect to him. And then mm. at the end, when we see what's happened and he, he's, he's killed both the other two guys off having, in a way been in charge from the very beginning, even mm. though, even though uh, Jack was the one who was egging everyone on to go to the, the, the suspected pedophile's house, that almost comes across like Liam was instigating the idea as well. He wasn't really a follower in that scenario. He was on a level with Jack, I think. Mm-hmm. And I'm again thinking, okay, is this, is this guy just a, on some level, uh, some sort of a narcissist, some sort of a psychopath all the way through? And then when he kills the two at the end, I'm thinking, okay, this is everything about it. The setting, the scene at the beginning, the cleanup, and then killing off his two supposed friends kind of ticks those boxes for me. Mm. Does that make, I may not have explained that yeah. very well, but no, no, no I, get, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it does make sense. Um, yeah. I, and I think um, one of the things with it is obviously Dave hit the guy that caused him to die. And in trying to cover his tracks and sort it all out, where I say it looked like it was all coming up smelling of Liam, he's made it so much worse because now he's attempted to kill Dave, which he will be able to tell the police, and he's murdered Jack Mm because they're going to find that out. They're going to discover, potentially. Um, Like you said, it's very open-ended, which is we found now to be a trend with murder in mind. Obviously, we know that murder is the main thing that links them, but the other thing is quite a bit of open-endedness uh, personally, I really, really like it. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm not always a fan of. So I, th- I think it's done. I think it's done purposely well. Um, I think I had a bit of a moan before about Sopranos, and I will drag Sopranos through the mud again. So, okay. <laughs> I I didn't watch Sopranos until 2020. I never saw it because um, I knew what it was, but by the time that I sort of heard of it, it had already been into a couple of series, and back then. You couldn't watch it all on demand unless you found like a particularly dodgy website. Um, you'd have to go and buy the DVD. So then it's a bit too late to get into it. I was the same at 24. By the time I sort of knew what it was, it was about four sort of series deep, and I just didn't start it. Hmm. Um, so I never really watched it until a couple of years ago. And there's a lot about Sopranos that I liked. I did enjoy it. I think it could have been written better. There's a lot of bits that I liked about it. Um, but there's two things that really annoyed me. One thing was a very common American thing with TV where obviously they have a certain amount of episodes that they get uh, commissioned, they have to fulfill. Uh, so you get a lot of stories dragged out. In a series, it could probably eight, end in eight to ten episodes, go on for like 20. 
So yes. that does annoy me. But one thing that really annoyed me, I think I mentioned before on Sopranos, is um, l- not resolving things. And for me, it's lazy writing when they do it that way. The best um, version of that, the best example, is the Russian. Did you ever watch Sopranos? I, I'll tell you what, this is this is very typical of me. I watched Sopranos, and I watched it, again, much later than it aired. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I got it on demand whereas on Netflix or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, it's on uh, Amazon, I think. Okay. And I, I enjoyed it. It was great. It was one of those similar to Breaking Bad. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. But if I didn't start it, I wouldn't have missed it in my life. Right. It was good, but not fantastic for me. But mm-hmm. when I, when I'd watched a couple of seasons, I had to see how it ended. But the weird thing is I've never seen the last episode. I know what happens. I've seen the, the, the final scenes, but I've never yeah. seen the last episode. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same. I, I gave up on it probably like a series and a half out because by that point okay. it was just, mm, um, I was getting too annoyed by all this dragging stuff out to be honest. Um, so there's, there's one famous bit with a Russian, I think he is where they okay. capture this Russian and they take him out into the woods and he gets shot, but he runs away and they're searching for him and he's connected to like a big Russian group and he escapes. It seems and you think, oh, that's going to come up and pop up later. And it never does. Oh. And in in interviews, the writer has said, basically, well, you know, in life, not everything gets resolved. And like, yeah, but this isn't life. It's TV, you knobhead. Yeah, that's, that is that, lazy, yes. That, for me, is lazy writing. They're like, let's do this, and not let's not bother following up. And there's a lot of things that happen like that in Sopranos. So it completely goes against everything that I say the reason I like TV series is I invest in characters and storylines. And when characters motivations completely change, like Dexter, for example, uh, that doesn't make sense to anything or storylines get ignored. It annoys me. So generally I put that down to lazy writing. This is not lazy writing. I think this is very clever the way this is done because it gives you just enough closure. So you've seen the end of the story, but it just lets your imagination play up. We know now they're heading right towards Dave. Dave's not talking yet, but he's gonna. And we could watch all that develop and drag it out for another episode, but it's left up to the viewer's mind to work out, is Liam getting away with this? Is he screwed? Is Dave going to be able to talk? All these questions, but it doesn't feel lazy or cheap. Uh It it feels like... uh, like you can carry on investing even after it's like I, I I love this kind of stuff so far in my dream mind. Yeah, oh, it, it is it's brilliantly done, really well done. And I went downstairs after I finished watching it, and said to the missus, "That was fantastic. I love that." And I basically she's never going to watch it. And I explained to her what happened. <laughs> and I said about the open endedness, and she mm-hmm. went, "That would drive me mad. That would drive me mad. That would." And I was like, "No, no, no. You don't understand. If you watch it, it works." Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. So I was yeah, going to ask but, you your overall thoughts on it. So you loved it, it sounds like. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I, I will. Um, I'm just running through in my head what we've already seen. But I think I think this is my favorite episode so far. I think this is the best we've seen. Really? Wow. Yeah, I think so. Wow. I think it was absolutely brilliant. Wow. Because so, I think before we said teacher, I know for me it was mm. teacher. I think yours was teacher as well. Yeah, um, I think so, yeah. It's very different feel, though, isn't it? It's, it's, it's so. There's a lot of. I don't know if action's the right word, but there's a lot of. Like I say, it went so quick. Yeah, yeah. I think um, this is this is the best we've seen so far, in my opinion, anyway. Okay, that's 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 amazing. That's really cool. Um, 
I, I mentioned earlier that it was the same writer as Flame. And as you know, I was not a fan of Flame. Uh, and I said, uh, maybe again, it's because I'm a glutton for punishment. I've watched it about 106 times. Um, but um, <laughs> one of the things that bothered me with fa- fla- Flame was it was very well-written story, but the dialogue was crap. The dialogue here was really good. Mm-hmm. There were some really brilliant lines, like the mistake line and things like that. Um, there were so many little intricacies of storytelling, like you said, with the dressing gown on the door and things like that. Um, so, you know, I think it was it was brilliant. And uh, definitely for me, uh, keep in mind, and I'm assuming for you it's the same. Oh, 100%. Yeah, totally. What about the VIP? Now, I haven't written one down yet because I still haven't made up my mind. Have you been able to settle on one? This, uh, I've got two. I can't quite decide. And I'm whittling it down to, and there weren't many people in this, let's be fair. No, getting it down often isn't. Yeah, getting it down to two was difficult because I thought every single character was important to the story. Mm -hmm. Uh, And before we get to the, 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 you know, the actual, the VIP, I'll do the other one first, the the weakest link or whatever we decide to call it. Get in the bin or whatever, yeah. Yeah. I've not got one. I don't think there is a character in this. Like maybe the little girl who says she likes cats who was shut in a shed for <laughs> four days. I don't know, but I've not really got one because I think everything works so well. But when it comes to the VIP, I've got Liam or Duggan. Okay, wow. I think I'm going to lean towards Liam because of how how I was kept guessing all the way through the episode, and at the very end, he literally bludgeons someone with a shovel, which mm. is different to how he acted with everything else being quite calculated and so on the the killing of uh jack at the end was almost like a messy opportunist moment Mm -hmm. whereas everything else was planned and meticulous and thought out or or he was reacting to a situation in a very calculated way this felt Mm -hmm. very much like an opportune moment so even right till the end he's kept me guessing yeah, I mean, there's just so many layers to him. So I, I think I'm going to go to 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 Liam as my VIP, but only just above Duggan because the guy just cracked me up. I thought he was great. Yeah, to me, he did really well. Um, yeah, again, it, it's a difficult one because you know all the three main guys. I think were all brilliant. I think they all mm-hmm. did the job perfectly, and um, and Duggan was really good as well. In terms of getting in the bin, I I I decided that I haven't got one, but you might be right with a little girl but that would be the second child that we put in the bin so far i'm i'm not saying it's the little girl herself <laughs> i'm saying it's the the storyline that she was given okay so uh, yeah. the dodgy dad you put in yeah the bin. yeah oh there you go let's put him in the bin the dad from there's, cats. there's something wrong with that dude i'm telling you mate. yeah definitely understand, yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, okay vip I don't think I'm going to go Dave as brilliant as that character was. I don't think I'm going to go Dave Jack. I think he played that. I, I completely believe that guy is a slobby, violent prick. Yep. Uh, and you, that w- character, I think, I think the Dave character not easily played. Don't get me wrong, but I think you could, lots of people could step into that role and make that quite, believable whereas actually the jack character i think you've got to be a certain way and maybe mm. that is actually just the bloke that plays him because i don't know anything about him um do you know what i'm gonna go duggan because to even it out as you went for um as you went for liam i'm gonna go with tim healy um because he he was a very enjoyable character and like i say he's a character we're gonna be able to see again sign 
awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, so next week we are looking at episode six from the first series. Um, and it's the one that I said at the beginning of this um, project that we did. When I originally bought this DVD set in 2006, 2007, whenever it was, I vividly remembered um, Teacher. I remembered one episode that turns out to be in the third series. And I remembered this. And this is one that you said you remembered as well. It's called Neighbours. Uh-huh. And it has, um, it has uh, oh, God, Denise Van Outen. In it. That's the reason I remember it. I know it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same reason I remembered it. Um, so, yeah, I, I remember watching it as a young lad. So I definitely remember Denise Van Outen in certain scenes. Um, but it's also got Kevin Waitley, who you might know as Lewis. Lewis. From Lewis and Morse. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's another stuff as well, which I mentioned next week. We've also got uh, Caroline Goodall in there, um, who I've written, so I wouldn't recognise. Um, the name rings a bell, though. Where would, I know, where would I know her from? Well, I'll tell you that next week. Okay. Oh, you probably don't know her from here, but I'll tell you, I'll tell I've got something for you next week from there. Um, and I say the other bigger name on there is John Thompson, who um, probably best known for Cold Feet. He's been in numerous different comedies and things like okay. that. Okay. Does he play Denise Van Eyten's characters of a half? Yeah. Right. Okay. I know him. Yes. Yeah. So um, again, very different tone to uh, all of the other episodes we watched. So I'm looking forward to watching that and talking about it with you um so where can they find you si in the shows that you're involved in and all that kind of good stuff well the easiest way is just to chuck the network that carries this show a follow so that'd be at sjp world media on facebook and twitter and on facebook there's a page and a group and so on and all the shows i'm involved in are out on on, on that network there uh, so all the links to those shows you can find through that and there's lots of wrestling stuff and uh, tv music and also not all involving me if you're sick of hearing my voice there's plenty of other hosts <laughs> who do brilliant shows as well and that's at sjp world media and also you need to be subscribing to the network if possible so you know that that does us the world of good if people subscribe and leave, leave us a five-star review on your podcast players and and so on as well with regards to spotify apple and all that good stuff there brilliant um, you can find me on Twitter at MortyJR5, and like, like so I said, involved with uh, with this show. I'm also involved in another completely non- nonsensical show that we mentioned earlier on a little bit, um, which you can find on my Twitter, uh, which is me and a giant man-child called Fitch, <laughs> um, generally talking complete nonsense, uh, normally about wives, arguing about food, um, calling each other all kinds of names. Uh, and just acting a bit silly, but it's just uh, it's just usually less than an hour long uh, of just a bit of uh, lighthearted fun, just to take people's mind off of the world for an hour, an hour of escapism, listen to a couple of idiots, uh, just have a bit of fun, really. So give give that a listen on your uh, on your commute, and uh, and, and do honestly, and- I really recommend it. It makes me laugh. It really makes me laugh. I've said before on on, th- on this show here that I had to stop an episode when I was on the bus because I looked like a mental case laughing away to myself at the back because I was listening to you and Fitch talk. So yeah, definitely go and check that out. Love it. And we will talk to you on this show again next week.
Okay. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. Again, if you listen to uh, the oh Christ, I nearly dropped coke all over the place. Um, Coca Cola, not. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> just, just a bag of powder <laughs> dropped on the floor. <laughs> um, no kids. <laughs> <laughs> it's not sugar. Um, the uh, no, no. I I got a bit of a confession to make. To be honest, I sat down, sorted everything out, got the studio ready. And then open the other window, sent you the link via Twitter, like I normally would, with you mm-hmm. and everyone else I record with. And we're sat here for ages thinking, where the fuck is he? <laughs> Looking at the time, what the fuck's going on? So I opened Twitter back up and I had actually pressed send on the link. <laughs> oh no. So I, I was literally sat here in the studio on my fucking own, wondering where, where you were. Like, <laughs> what's, what's, what's going on? He said he was ready. Where is he? <laughs> I must have been sat oh, on my own no. for, about te- for about ten minutes before I sent the link. <laughs> and then I was, and then I was late after you sent the link as well. Because <laughs> oh, I, 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 I got, I got here a little bit earlier, so I texted that, and then I sort of sat here. And you know, when you're sitting there and you're kind of yeah. looking around and fiddling with things, and then they, this is legitimately the reason they sent uh, someone, uh, Scottish Danny or someone, put a link for a quiz. On Twitter, I thought I'll do that quickly. <laughs> yeah, like the Hall of Fame thing, and I'm sat there going, oh, "Who was that? Who who else was it? it? Coco Beware was it? Baby Brazil?" And I'm sitting here like this, going over all these wrestlers' names, <laughs> and then I saw messages pop up. You know, like you're not even paying attention. Yeah, and then I saw one say "sigh," and I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> <laughs> so you were sat ready to record where you were. I was sat ready to record yeah. where I was, and we were just both just sat there. <laughs> <laughs> sigh i've written he's in a charles this is um full monty i've written he's in a charles room sniffing a rabbit <laughs> yeah i think we need more context to that he's not because <laughs> <laughs> this is quite Honestly. an upsetting scene i think this is quite sad it, it is um, yeah <laughs> and i think just saying he's in a room sniffing a rabbit doesn't quite cover the emotional depth <laughs> of the writing <laughs> Emotional heft in the air scene. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so he's, he was in a child's room, rabbit sniffing. And, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, quite, it's quite an upsetting scene. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, so they're in a child's room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, try again. Go on. <laughs> uh, <coughs> um, yeah, Dave. Dave. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, mm-hmm. she's there. Oh, well, well, boy then, Liam, and all that sort of stuff, isn't she? And she yeah. always looks a little bit put out Her. by the fact that he's... And he was very dismissive as well. He went, oh, yeah, this is my mate Dave. Bye. Yeah. You know, he was he was very much a case of, you need to go now. You know? <laughs> Like when, like when you're around a mate's house and they go, "It's late, mate, isn't it?" and they just give you that look. <laughs> My dad's best friend—he he passed away many years ago now—but he had, he was the best at this. When people were around his house for too late, that they used to have evenings where they play Trivial Pursuit and and uh, and just have a few drinks and whatever. Very eighties, early nineties kind of pastime, I suppose, for parents from there. Um, if if there was an occasion where people were staying beyond what he felt was too late he would literally just go into the bedroom 
get completely changed for bed, brush his teeth, put his dressing, <laughs> put his dressing gown on, come back in and just stare at them until, until they felt awkward. <laughs> That's brilliant. Cause I, I used to sit there and think, Oh God, please go. And I try yeah. and make little hints and it wouldn't work. And then I've got a mate of mine who, um, I went round and he will literally just go, you got to go mate. I want to go to bed. And I respected yeah. that so much because yep. I never had the chance 100%. to do it. Yeah. You go, look, look, it's it's getting a bit late. I want to go to bed up in the morning. You're like, oh, mate, thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I wish I could be that brave. Um, I think I think my wife, Moath, is very is similar in that way uh, because we had this couple, very good friend of ours, love them very much. Um, and many years ago, they came round, and uh, as you know, so I used to like a drink. Um, which is one way of putting it. Uh, and on this occasion, uh, they came round, and I, I think you know, my me and my wife have been together for a couple of years. Okay. Um, she didn't know them as well as she does now. You know, they were kind of my friends more so than they were hers. Now I would say they were ours. You know, um, and uh, they came round, and I started drinking, and we were watching a watching a movie. And you know, when you're drinking. And you're watching a movie and then you close your eyes and you're suddenly in bed and it's really dark. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That happens to me all the time to be fair. <laughs> yeah. Literally you blink and then you're like, Oh, Oh, what's going on? And you're kind of a bit disorientated and all that sort of stuff. And it transpired. I got absolutely fucking wasted. Uh, sorry about the sway. Get rid of that. Um, <laughs> Cheers, mate. <laughs> sorry about that. I got absolutely wasted. Um, on this, uh, I, th- I think it was rum I was drinking, which is likely. Apparently, I pretty much drank the whole bottle to myself. Um, and then at one point, I said, oh, I'm, I'm just going to go and get something. And I walked into my bedroom and just face-planted onto the bed, and that was me done. Uh, and that was probably about half past eight, nine okay. at night. And my wife sat there, my wife, sat there with these two friends, <laughs> and they didn't leave. Whilst I was unconscious in the other room, they didn't leave until nearly one o'clock in the morning. Oh my goodness. Just, they weren't even drinking really that much because some chuffer had drank it all. They just <laughs> sat there watching movies with this woman that they probably met three times. <laughs> she just sat there. She, she just didn't, she, you know, now she would go, he's not coming back guys. You know, let's, let's yeah. go out and get a drink or, or whatever. She would like, you know, probably just tell them to go or whatever. But this time she thought, I can't, be rude to them and she apparently occasionally came in and gave me a little kick to see if i was going and that's it i was done i was out of it completely gone you know nearly nearly a liter of rum to myself yeah um that was that was that was more more sleepy time uh see my my wife sharon uh when i used to run we used to run a football club together and it was sunday morning football so we'd be finished by 12 half 12 then we'd be in the pub all afternoon, and then all the players would pile back to mine. Not all of them, a good, a good collection of players <laughs> would pile back to mine. We'd, you know, we'd, we'd, in my tiny little house, we'd have yeah. uh, any one time six, seven, eight of the players in there. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a couple of dartboards in the kitchen, so we'd be playing darts, drinking, carrying on. My wife would use uh, like the big uh, slow cooker to make a stew so the lads could help themselves to grub and all that during the time. And it was pretty much every Sunday this would happen. And it would get to my wife, don't drink. So it would obviously get to a point in the evening, normally around 11, half 11. She would literally stand up, put her shoes on and go, right, I'm getting in my car now. If you want to lift home, <laughs> if you want to lift home, you need to be inside my car in two minutes. 
when I come back from giving people a lift home, there will be no one in my house who I'm not married to. So it was a case <laughs> of, right, if you want a lift, you come with me now, or you get out before I, before I come back yeah. from giving people a lift. was her whole, and it worked. Every single Sunday yeah. it worked. <laughs> good honour, good honour. Yeah, I never had the, never had the balls to do it. Um, no, and he struggles as well, doesn't he, to get the tissue on and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, I'm just going to have to um, sit here for one minute more. No, my wife's my wife's gone out, and my daughter has forgotten her front door key. So I'm just no going to go downstairs. I'm just going to go downstairs and let her in, mate. I won't be a sec. All right? No, that's cool. No worries. Oh, there we go. Sorry about that, mate. That's all right. I just checked the uh, ongoing football score. I see on that. She, t- she um, was told she basically my wife rang her and said, that- "I'm going out. Your dad's recording. Have you got your key?" She said, "No." Right, text your dad when you're outside and he'll come let you in. Because I'm upstairs, so the front door's locked. Mm-hmm. So she's texted me. I've just gone downstairs, open the front door, no fucker there. <laughs> Walk to the end of the driveway in the rain, tiny little dot at the end of the road. She's not even on our street. <laughs> and I'm just stood there like, well, come on then. You know, <laughs> stood in the rain in my slippers and my Doctor Who pajamas. You know, sexy <laughs> in my sexy Doctor Who pajamas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um right pick up uh they glove up britain and yes. they drive poor old dave to a bridge and they throw him into the river love it and we will talk to you on this show again next week there we go <laughs> forgot Sign to say it. bye Never mind. <laughs> <laughs>